Okay, so here we go, chapter two. Jonas watched as his father poured a fresh cup of coffee. He waited. You know, his father said, every December was exciting to me when I was young, and it has been for you and Lily, too, I'm sure. Each each December brings such changes. Jonas nodded. He could remember the December back to when he had become, well, probably a four. The earlier ones were lost to him. But he observed them each year, and he remembered Lily's earliest Decembers. He remembered when his family received Lily, the day she was named, the day that she had become a one. The ceremony for the ones was always noisy and fun. Each December, all the new children born in the previous year turned one. One at a time, there was always 50 in each year's group if none had been released. They had been brought to the stage by the nurturers who had cared for them since birth. Some were already walking, wobbling on their unsteady legs. Others were no more than a few days old, wrapped in blankets, held by their nurturers. I enjoy the naming, Jonas said. His mother agreed, smiling. The year we got Lily, we knew of the course we knew, of course, that we'd received our female because we'd made our application and been proved. But I'd been wondering and wondering what her name would be. I could have sneaked a look at the list prior to the ceremony, Father confided. The committee always makes the list in advance, and it's right there in the office of the nurturing center. As a matter of fact, he went on, I feel a little guilty about this. But I did go in the afternoon and look to see if this year's naming list had been made yet. It was right there in the office, and I looked up number 36. That's the little guy I've been concerned about, because it occurred to me that it might enhance his nurturing if I could call him by a name, just privately, of course, when no one else is around. Did you find it? Jonas asked. He was fascinated. It didn't seem terribly important, but the fact that his father had broken a rule at all awed him. He glanced at his mother, the one responsible for adherence to rules, and was relieved that she was smiling. His father nodded. His name, if he makes it to the naming without being released, of course, is to be Gabriel. So I whispered that to him when I feed him every four hours, and during exercise and playtime, if no one can hear me. I call him Gabe, actually, he said, and grinned. Gabe, Jonas tried it out. A good name, he decided. Though Jonas had only become a five the year that they acquired Lily and learned her name, he remembered that he remembered the excitement, the conversations at home, wondering about her, how she would look, who she would be, how she would fit into their established family unit. He remembered climbing the steps to the stage with his parents, his father by his side that year instead of with the nurturer, since it was the year that he would be given a new child of his own. He remembered his mother taking the new child, his sister, into her arms, 
while the document was read to the assembled family units. New child 23, the name had read Lily. He remembered his father's look of delight and that his father had whispered, she's one of my favorites. I was hoping for her to be the one. The crowd had clapped and Jonas had grinned. He liked his sister's name. Lily, barely awake, had waved her small fist. Then they had stepped down to make room for the next family unit. When I was in 11, his father said now, as you are, Jonas, I was very impatient, waiting for the ceremony of 12. It's a long two days. I remember that I enjoyed the ones, as I always do, but that I didn't pay much attention to the other ceremonies, except for my sister's. She became a nine that year and got her bicycle. I'd been teaching her to ride mine, even though technically I wasn't supposed to. Jonas laughed. It was one of the few rules that was not taken very seriously and was almost always broken. The children all received their bicycles at nine. They were not allowed to ride bicycles before then, but almost always the older brothers and sisters had secretly taught the younger ones. Jonas had been thinking already about teaching Lily. There was talk about changing the rule and giving the bicycles at an earlier age. A committee was studying the idea. When something went to a committee for study, the people always joked about it. They said that the committee members would become elders by the time the rule change was made. Rules were very hard to change. Sometimes, if it was a very important rule, unlike the one governing the age for bicycles, it would have to go eventually to the receiver for, for a decision. The receiver was the most important elder. Jonas had never even seen him that he knew of. Someone in a position of such importance lived and worked alone. But the committee would never bother the receiver with a question about bicycles. They would simply fret and argue about it themselves for years until the citizens forgot that it had ever gone to them for study. His father continued, so I watched and cheered when my sister Katya became a nine and removed her hair ribbons and got her bicycle, father went on. Then I didn't pay much attention to the tens and elevens. And finally, at the end of the second day, which seemed to go on forever, it was my turn. It was a ceremony of 12. Jonas shivered. He pictured his father, who must have been a shy and quiet boy, for he was a shy and quiet man, seated with his group, waiting to be called to the stage. The ceremony of 12 was the last of the ceremonies, the most important one. I remember how proud my parents looked, and my sister too, even though she wanted to be out riding the bicycle publicly, she stopped fidgeting and was still inattentive when my turn came. But to be honest, Jonas, his father said, for me, there was not the element of suspense that there is with your ceremony because I was fairly certain of what my assignment was to be. Jonas was surprised. There was no way, really, to know in advance. It was a secret selection made by the leaders of the commu community, the committee of elders who took the responsibility so, so seriously that there were never even any jokes made about assignments. 
His mother seemed surprised, too. How could you have known, she asked. His father smiled his gentle smile. Well, it was clear to me, and my parents later confessed that it had been obvious to them, too, what my aptitude was. I had always loved the new children more than anything. When my friends in my age group were holding bicycle races or bicycle toy vehicles or bridges with their construction sets or all the things I do with my friends, Jonas pointed out, and his mother nodded in agreement. I always participated, of course, because as children, as children, we must experience all those things. And I studied hard in school, as you do, Jonas. But again and again, during free time, I found myself drawn to the new children. I spent almost all my volunteer hours helping in the nurturing center. Of course, the elders knew that from their observations. Jonas nodded. During the past year, he had been aware of the increasing level of observation in school at recreation time and during volunteering hour, volunteer hours, he had noticed the elders watching him and the other 11s. He had seen them taking notes. He knew too that the elders were meeting for long hours with all of the instructions that he and the other 11s had during their years of school. So I expected it and I was pleased but not at all surprised. When my assignment was announced as nurturer, Father explained. Did everyone applaud when they weren't surprised? Jonas asked. Oh, of course. They were happy for me that my assignment was what I wanted most. I felt fortunate, his father smiled. Were any of the elevens disappointed your, your ear? Jonas asked. Unlike his father, he had no idea what his assignment would be but he knew that some would disappoint him. Though he respected his father's work, nurturer would not be his wish, and he didn't envy laborers at all. His father's thought. His father thought. No, I don't think so. Of course the elders are so careful in their observations and selections. I think it's probably the most important job in our community, his mother commented. My friend Yoshiko was surprised by her selection as doctor, father said but she was thrilled and let's see there was andre i remember that when we were boys he never wanted to do physical things he spent all the recreation time he could with his construction set and his volunteer hours were always on building sites the elders knew that of course andre was given the assignment of engineer and he was delighted andre later designed a bridge that crosses the river to the west of town Jonas's mother said, it was there when we were children. It wasn't there when we were children. There are very rarely, there are very rarely disappointments, Jonas said. I don't think you need to worry about that, his father reassured him. And if there are, you know, there's an appeal process. But they all laughed at that. An appeal went to the committee for study. I worry a little about Asher's assignment, Jonas confessed. Asher is such fun, but he doesn't really have any serious interest. He makes a game out of everything, his father chuckled. You know, he said, I remember when Asher was a new child at the nurturing center before he was named. He never cried. He giggled and laughed at everything. All of us on the staff enjoyed nurturing Asher. The elders knew Asher, his mother said. They'll find, exact, they'll find exactly the right assignment for him. I don't think you need to worry about him. 
But Jonas, let me warn you about something that may not have occurred to you. I know I didn't think about it until after my ceremony of Tov. What's that? Well, it's the last of the ceremonies, you know. After 12, age isn't important. Most of us even lose track of how old we are as time passes, though the information is in the Hall of Open Records, and we could go and look it up if we wanted to. What's important is the preparation for adult life and the training you'll receive in your assignment. I know that, Jonas said. Everyone knows that. But it means, his mother went on, that you'll move into a new group, and each of your friends will. You'll no longer be spending your time with your group of 11s. After the ceremony of 12, you'll be with your assignment group, with those in training. No more volunteer hours, no more recreation hours, so your friends will no longer be as close. Jonas shook his head. Asher, as I will always, Asher and I will always be friends, he said firmly, and there will still be school. That's true, his father agreed. But what your mother said is true as well. There will be changes. Good changes, though, his mother pointed out. After my ceremony of 12, I missed my childhood recreation. But when I entered my training for law and justice, I found myself with people who shared my interest. I made friends on a new level, friends of all ages. Did you still play at all after 12, Jonas asked. Occasionally, his mother replied, but it didn't seem as important to me. I did, his father said, laughing. I still do. Every day at the nurturing center, I play bounce on the knee and peekaboo and hug a teddy. He reached over and stroked Jonas' neatly trimmed hair. Fun doesn't end when you become 12. Lily appeared, wearing her night clothes in the doorway. She gave an impatient sigh. This is certainly a very long private conversation, she said, and there are certain people waiting for their comfort object. Lily, her mother said fondly, you're very close to being an eight, and when you're an eight, your comfort object will be taken away. It will be recycled to the younger children. You should be starting to go off to sleep without it. But her father had already gone to the shelf and taken down the stuffed elephant which, she was, which was kept there. Many of the comfort objects, like Lily's very soft stuffed imaginary creatures, Jonas had been called a bear. Here you are, Lily Billy, he said. I'll come help you remove your hair ribbons. Jonas and his mother rolled their eyes, yet they watched affectionately as Lily and her father headed to her sleeping room with the stuffed elephant that had been given to her as her comfort object when she was born. His mother moved to her big desk and opened her briefcase. Her work never seemed to end, even when she was at home in the evening. Jonas went to his own desk and began to sort through his school papers for the evening's assignment, but his mind was still in December and the coming ceremony. Though he had been reassured by the talk with his parents, he hadn't the slightest idea what assignment the elders would be selecting for his future or how he might feel about it when the day came. Okay, we're going to begin chapter three of The Giver. But before we do that, I would like for you to think about what you just read in chapter two. I would like for you to think about the ceremonies. 
and why the ceremonies are important for the society where Jonas lives. What happens in a ceremony? In chapter 2 that you just finished reading, there was a lot of remembering. The father remembers, then Jonas remembers. What were they remembering? Okay. Chapter 3, The Giver. Oh, look! Lily squealed in delight. Isn't he cute? Look how tiny he is. And he has funny eyes like yours, Jonas. Jonas glared at her. He didn't like it that she had mentioned his eyes. He waited for his father to chastise Lily. But father was busy unstrapping the carrying basket from the back of his bicycle. Jonas walked over to look. It was the first thing Jonas noticed as he looked at the new child peering up curiously from the basket. The pale eyes. Almost every citizen, almost every citizen in the community had dark eyes. His parents did and Lily did and so did all of, the, all of his group members and friends. But there were a few exceptions. Jonas himself and the female five who he had noticed had, dif had different, lighter eyes. No one mentioned such things. It was not a rule, but was considered rude to call attention to things that were unsettling or different about individuals. Lily, he decided, would have to learn that soon, or she would be called in for chastisement because of her insensitive chatter. Father put his bike into his port. Then he picked up the basket and carried it into the house. Lily followed behind, but she glanced back over her shoulder at Jonas and teased. Maybe he had the same birth mother as you. Jonas shrugged. He followed them inside, but he had been startled by the new child's eyes. Mirrors were rare in the community. They weren't forbidden, but there was no real need of them, and Jonas had simply never bothered to look at himself very often, even when he found himself in a location where a mirror existed. Now, seeing the new child and its expression, he was reminded that the light eyes were not only a rarity, but gave the one who had them a certain look. What was it? Depth, he decided as if one were looking into the clear water of the river, down to the bottom, where things might lurk which hadn't been discovered yet. He felt self-conscious, realizing that he, too, had that look. He went to his desk, pretending not to be interested in the new child. On the other side of the room, Mother and Lily were bending over to watch as Father unwrapped its blanket. What's his comfort object called? Lily asked, picking up the stuffed creature which had been placed beside the new child in his basket. Father glanced at it. Hippo, he said. Lily giggled at the strange word. Hippo, she repeated, and put the comfort object down again. 
She peered at the unwrapped new child who waved his arms. I think new children are so cute, Lily sighed. I hope I get assigned to be a birth mother. Lily, Mother Smoke very sharply, don't say that. There's very little honor in that assignment. But I was talking to Natasha, you know, the ten who lives around the corner. She does, she does some of her volunteer hours at the birthing center, and she told me that birth mothers get wonderful food, and they have very gentle exercise periods, and most of the time they just play games and amuse themselves while they're waiting. I think I'd like that, Lily said petulantly. Three years, Mother told her family. Three births, and that's all. After that, they are laborers for the rest of their adult lives until the day that they enter the house of the old. Is that what you want, Lily? Three lazy years and then hard physical labor until you are old? Well, no, I guess not, Lily acknowledged reluctantly. Father turned the new child onto his tummy in the basket. He sat beside it and rubbed its back with a rhythmic motion. Anyway, Lily Billy, he said affectionately, the birth mothers never even get to see their new children, the new children. If you enjoy the little ones so much, you should hope for an assignment as nurturer. When you're an eight and start your volunteer hours, you can try some at the nurturing center, Mother suggested. Yes, I think I will, Lily said. She knelt beside the basket. What did you say his name is? Gabriel? Hello, Gabriel, she said in a singing voice. Then she giggled. Oops, she whispered. I think he's asleep. I guess I'd better be quiet. Jonas turned to the school assignments on his desk. Some chance of that, he thought. Lily was never quiet. Probably she should hope for an assignment as speaker so that she could sit in the office with a microphone all day making announcements. He laughed silently to himself picturing his sister droning on in the self-important voice that all speakers seem to develop, saying things like, Attention, this is a reminder to females under nine that, the, that hair ribbons are to be neatly tied at all times. He turned towards Lily and noticed to, and noticed to his satisfaction that her ribbons were, as usual, undone and dangling. There would be an announcement like that quite like that quite soon, he felt certain, and it would be directly mainly at Lily, though her name, of course, would not be mentioned. Everyone would know. Everyone had known, he remembered with humiliation, that the announcement, attention, this is a reminder to male elevens that objects are not to be removed from the recreation area and that snacks are to be eaten, not hoarded, and had been specifically directed at him. The day last month that he had taken an apple home, no one had mentioned it, not even his parents, because the public announcement had been sufficient to produce the appropriate remorse. He had, of course, disposed of the apple and made his apology to the recreation director the next morning before school. Jonas thought again about the incident. He was still bewildered by it. Not by the announcement or the necessary apology. Those were standard procedures, and he had deserved them. 
but by the incident itself. He probably should have brought up his feelings of bewilderment that very evening when the family unit had shared their feelings of the day, but he had not been able to sort out and put words to the source of his confusion, so he had let it pass. It had happened during the recreation period when he had been playing with Asher. Jonas had casually picked up an apple from the basket where the snacks were kept and had thrown it to his friend. Asher had thrown it back and they had begun a simple game of catch. There had been nothing special about it. It was an activity that he had performed countless times. Throw, catch, throw, catch. It was effortless for Jonas and even boring though. Asher enjoyed it, and playing catch was a required activity for Asher because it would improve his hand-eye coordination, which was not up to standards. But suddenly, Jonas had noticed, following the path of the apple through the air with his eyes, that the piece of fruit had, well, this was the part that he couldn't adequately understand. The apple had changed just for an instant. It had changed in midair he remembered. Then it was in his hand, and he looked at it carefully, but it was the same apple, unchanged. The same size and shape, a perfect sphere, the same nondescript shade, about the same shade as his own tunic. There was absolutely nothing remarkable about the apple. He had tossed it back and forth between his hands a few times, then thrown it again to Asher, and again, in the air for an instant only. It had changed. It happened four times. Jonas blinked, looked around, and then tested his eyesight, squinting at the small print on the identification badge attached to his tunic. He read his name quite clearly. He could also clearly see Asher at the end of the throwing area, and he had no problem catching the apple. <clears throat> Jonas had, Jonas had been completely mystified. Ash, he called. Does anything seem strange to you about the apple? Yes, Asher called back laughing. It jumps out of my hand onto the ground. Asher had just dropped it once again. So Jonas laughed too. And with his laughter, tried to ignore his uneasy conviction that something had happened. But he had taken the apple home against the recreation area rules. That evening... Before his parents and Lily arrived at the dwelling, he had held it in his hands and looked at it carefully. It was slightly bruised now because Asher had dropped it several times, but there was something at, but there was nothing at all unusual about the apple. He had held a magnifying glass to it. He had tossed it several times across the room watching and then rolled it around and around on his desktop waiting for the thing to happen again. But it hadn't. The only thing that happened was the announcement later that evening over the speaker. The announcement that had singled him out without using his name. That had caused both of his parents to glance meaningfully at his desk where the apple still lay. Now, sitting at his desk, staring at his schoolwork, as his family hovered over the new child in its basket, he shook his head, trying to forget the odd incident. He forced himself to arrange his papers and to, to study a little before evening meal, before the evening meal. 
the new child, Gabriel, stirred and whimpered, and father spoke softly to Lily, explaining the feeding procedure as he opened the container that held the formula and equipment. The evening proceeded as all evenings did in the family unit, in the dwelling, in the community, quiet, reflective, a time for renewal and preparation for the day to come. It was different only in the addition to it of the new child with his apple, with his pale, solemn, knowing eyes. So in this chapter that we just finished reading, chapter 3, um, you learned about some of the roles that people are assigned in this society. And um, Lily was interested in the role of birth mother. But her mother was opposed to this idea. Do you know why? Can you answer that? Also, there was something strange that happened while Asher and Jonas were playing with the apple. Can you figure out what exactly was going on? What was wrong or strange about that incident to Jonas? <laughs> 